0: welcome back listeners comic readers i hope you brought your pop tarts because i brought some good me tonight but first let's get into the live reads Bullets and Blood 2 ends on December 17th. It's also a project we love from Kickstarter. It's more gunfights and more vampire bites in the Old West, brought to you by the award-winning Maverick Art Studios. It is all started with a new original character, Bloody Mary Ma- Masterson, my future wife. Not really, my wife would kill me. A gun for hire with a deadly reputation and a quick temper to make her a force to be reckoned with. B&B 2 picks up where our first story leaves off, which is BNB one with Mary and Blackbird returning to town after dispatching their enemies at the old fort, but is the fight over <laughs> and trust from the creator of Michael Moore, who will be on the show later on this coming week. But for right now, I have an awesome guest who's been on the paul gomez the author who penned ptsd previously on the show and now he's created a really awesome project called bushy boo circus mysteries number one to imply that there might be a number two mr paul how gomez how you doing sir
1: how you doing can you hear me
0: oh yeah i can hear you just oh, fine. Wow. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh 12 issues 12 issues is what we're aiming for starting off with this one and we're looking forward to the joy of, all of you who can get to know these characters in this wonderful wonderful world of mystery and excitement yeah,
0: yeah cir- circuses are wild man I've, I've been to a few in my day when i lived in vegas i was uh i went to circus circus back when they were doing acts for like circus acts and stuff it was it was a wild thing there's always a there's always a mystery that surrounded carnies you know they have that that show carnival uh right. was full of weird and zany characters it was also full of mystery and kind of like I don't want to say cynical drama but it was it was very unnerving but right. it, it's and also it's also very interesting they 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 provide the world with a sort of mystique around certain people that are kind of like black sheep from normal society
1: and and the thing have this world all their own and it's like they have their own kind of laws and they have their own kind of style and they have they have a very unique way of looking at everybody else as to just them who travel nomadically or across the land and entertain so it's right. like how fun would it be to explore that with them And you know, I, I've got a list of characters right here that we're starting off to introduce people with, with Zahara being this young, 19-year-old girl, tiger train, A tiger trainer. I mean, have you ever wondered that? Well, who would so- put their head in a tiger's <laughs> mouth? As
0: we could ask Tiger King, but we, we know that shit didn't end well for him. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He, I mean- he played with them all his life.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Would you uh, want no. What was yeah. it? No, it wasn't
0: Barnum and Bailey. Who, who was the circus duo in Vegas? Uh, Sigurd Fried and boy. Roy. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, didn't so run it's... well for him either. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, so, like, that's why I'm saying, why would anyone want to do that? This is one of the things we're going to explore. Why does she become a tiger trainer? I mean, sure, there's going to be more backstory later on, but she actually she she jumps into that cage with them and then you got you know a a 20 year old guy who everybody wants to be and you know all the girls want to get with and all the guys respect kind of and he's going to become the ringmaster on his first day and inside this comic book and to explore how how much pressure that's going to put on him and how he's going to deal with all that that's uh, like that's I said, an interesting
0: dynamic man that's 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 a really young age to take on a, a right? carneneys who 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 pretty much enthrall all their all their relationship status on built on trust like a like a very sacred bond of trust
1: right and then they're they're having to rely on each other and kind of wonder all these people who are brand new into their house and these strangers that are are their customers which is basically the general public and they they have to wonder you know people is is there something that worry about them and then on top of that you traveling with as well
0: that's, that's a lot of interesting dynamics there, man. That's, that's a really mm-hmm. good concept. You, 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 like the concept you you, and, you envisioned, kind of gave you the conflict to run with. Uh, man, how how long is this comic? Is it going to be like a normal 22, 24-pager? Are you going like for the 32? Well, this, one, this is a lot of stuff to wrap your head around. Right,
1: right. Yeah, you, know, you know, the funny thing about being a first-time comic creator, well, I guess this is my second comic, but this was my first script. I, I originally I didn't know how many pages to make it. So I kinda started Googling and, and asking around how many how long is a normal comic usually? And I saw it was from twenty-two to about thirty-two. So I I, I wanted to challenge myself and I put it at thirty two. So this comic actually at thirty pages because we wow. had to add an extra page at the end. So it's going to be 12 issues of 32 pages with this one being one extra page inside of it oh wow
0: got a bird man is that your co-host yeah it's my co-host i got a few <laughs> birds flying cool. over You right got here. a studio pet man what's <laughs> his or her name uh
1: this is? one's polly over here he's kind of a, a parakeet yeah i got a few love birds <laughs> nice. in the other room you know
0: okay so you got a little mini circus back there in the yeah mini, you do you do tricks no. <laughs>
1: no, no, hey, no! You
0: remember that movie Polly from like the the late '90s, early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. Man, that was an awesome movie. What a touching story. But that that bird did tricks for crackers. It was awesome. <laughs> Like I know, I know, I know SPCA people and people like, oh no, like you train animals, you cruel bastards. I'm like, they're intelligent creatures. We're just unlocking their potential. Like it was right? very entertaining. It was a good story though, man. That's 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 a that's a kind of cliche name to name of a bird though. Why Polly? Like, <laughs> well, it <laughs> wasn't it
1: wasn't my bird.
0: <laughs> oh okay. okay. Yeah. It was the life. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's exactly what it was.
0: But, but they, you know, I can answer that question though. Like, why would somebody jump in a cage with a tiger? And I think it, it has a lot to do with like, you know, why would a blind guy become a superhero? Or, right? You know, why why would why would um, why would a you know billion dollar philanthropist playboy genius you know become a superhero? You become a vigilante. To, you master, got those, right? to, to master something that they themselves don't have. Like if you if you if you watch the, the MCU the start of like when Iron Man came out in 2000, and then all the way up until like the Avengers and then like up to the End Game where he like died all of that was mastering his fear of what was to become.
1: That's so exactly like that what happened. When yeah. He
0: says like fucking I'm Iron Man and snaps his fingers. He kind of like owned his destiny and mastered his fear and all that shit came to a head. And so sometimes I, I, that's, that's my guess, man. It's like if you're 19 years old and you're kind of lost, which you know normally most of us were right? looking for a way, and you're like, "Fuck, I want to train tigers. Yeah. Let's do that." Yeah. Why? Why? I don't yeah. know. This looks cool. You never <laughs> and I'm know afraid what of
1: <laughs> you never know what the world is going to throw at comic. I, you know, I made her kind of an orphan and, and looking for a family, and and she kind of gravitated. Towards the
0: circus and finds that family she was looking for. And that's that's what a circus is. I mean, if you've yeah. ever been to a Ripley's believe it or not museum, I mean and if you've ever watched any of the shows, like they've got shows around that stuff and circuses like that's what circuses are, man. They like they're like the followers of Hermes. They're the gypsies, they're the travelers, they're the ones right. who accept the lost kids. You know, it's like the island of misfit toys or the island of lost boys and, and 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 peter pan like come on in you're lost we're lost too let's have a party like you're our brother now congratulations welcome to the family you never wanted <laughs> this, brothers, one, they, they, this they, one defines brother, gravity
1: <laughs> the youngest of the you know he is exactly just that he's a little bit lost you know his parents want him to be in that trapeze act and he doesn't feel it. It doesn't like connect with him. And though his older brother is kind of perfect at everything, Luke is 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 that one character that's trying to find his place in the world. And you know, you know, it's got to hit him whenever his his older brother is just perfect about everything and right. seen exactly the role that he fits into. So it, it's it's really a dynamic of of so many different things coming together because you have. Who who is an orphan? You got these two boys, who their parents are famous trapeze acts, and they're all joining together. Whenever all these mysteries start coming about and surrounding them, when they're really just finding their own is. As-
0: Man, you got a lot of great story in here. Like, whose whose story is this in the first issue, or, or are we like going back and forth between? viewpoints and perspectives to like build up to some kind of like major plot point
1: yeah so this first story i really wanted to do an introduction to these three main characters now right
0: right whenever
1: i said yeah whenever i sat down and i started thinking about how i was going to do it i really wanted the characters to be that that walking dead like, that thing, where you never know who's going to be alive at the end and who's not so i wanted Introduce you to three or four characters in this one, and, and you really do get at least four or five characters. You have the main three, and then you have Lay who's like this uh, older janitor kind of guy who looks out for all these kids, and you you have the parents of the place, and and they're hiring a teacher to to train Luke. So you're these different characters in this first issue. It it really jumps perspective main character's eyes though so i mean that's how we start out this this 12 issue series is because these three are are the main focus at the moment
0: man it's gonna be one hell of an omnibus when it comes out i can't wait to read that i
1: I keep telling people i mean like you know i I hear all these stories about how you should start small and and the funny thing is i didn't until I started. So, whenever I started laying the groundwork for the story, I was like, we're going to do 12 issues, and my main villain is going to be in issue six. But I, I need to lead up to him, and I need to, lead to him where, where there's stuff in the background that you're going to be, once you hit issue six, you're going to be like, oh, I see it. But right now, it's mainly about introducing characters and getting you into the story. Till I can get that real good, big push. Because I want to make this villain someone you love, but someone I mean, you hate as well. Oh, yeah. they're always
0: the best, man. Look at Loki. like Yeah, Nobody yeah, knew exactly. who that dude was until he came out. And then, like through all the iterations, and then you watch him die in, in Dark World, and then you watch him die again in Endgame. And, right. like, he comes back as a variant, and then he goes on his own little journey and it's like, well, hell, this guy's actually pretty cool, and then he falls in love, and then shit gets turned around, and now everybody's just like, they don't know what to do because they love they love Hiddleston so much.
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. <I laughs> he's, mean, still
0: a, he's still an asshole, but we like that guy. Like, we love to hate him.
1: It's like the best have that that reason i mean like you have he's he's really he doesn't believe he's a bad guy he's trying to do good but you know he looks at perspective of things and where i'm leading with my main bad guy you guys you age you can't just throw him out there right away and say hey here's him here's yeah he so let's build it up with introducing the good guys and a few little mysteries until we get to that point
0: that's 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 actually a really cinema, cinema, cinematography type approach like a cinematic right? type approach because because uh, when titans on on hbo max started it was really slow man you got to see dick yeah. grayson but you didn't get to see him as like Nightwing. Williams, you don't even get to yeah. see him as in the suit until like the end of season two. Spoilers, right. sorry. Don't yeah. Be yeah. Sure uh, been watching the whole time. Season 2 been, out, yeah. You know, or well, actually, you don't really even get to see him in like a suit suit to like the middle of season three. And like season two, like they bring in the other Robin who becomes Red Hood, right. and like it's just it's the character arc upon character arc upon character. Yeah. Where, like the first season is all about Raven, and you get to meet Beast Boy, and we get to meet Starfire, and in the second season's like we still get to meet them, but we get to know them. Then we're introduced to Superboy. And it's just the setup is, is slow, man. But those types of payoffs that pay off, man, because we got Scarecrow in season three, and I'm hoping we'll get something really, really cool in like season four or something. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a really bold move because yeah. you have to you have to expect your audience to to like, yeah, I'm gonna buy until season six, and even as a creator. Twelve issues—that's an—that's an ambitious goal. Coming off your first comic, like right. Kudos to right. you, man. i i, I know Thank you, you can pull it off. You got the chops and the and the networks and the resources. And of course, you know I'm always available if you need help. Right. <laughs> man, I appreciate it. Oh no, problem, man. This this seems like something really cool that, that um you could also involve other people from later, like. You know, Bushy Boo's uh, Circus Mystery Anthologies where like you provide other creators that do like, a, their own separate story with their characters. I actually got that idea from J.S. Um, yeah. uh Pistol Fist Project. He's doing a, a narrative. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's
1: anthology. such a great book. It's
0: really awesome. Man, he brought in a bunch of writers that love his work, and like, yeah, we're gonna make like an anthology prose that we're gonna offer on the Kickstarter. I was like, what a great thing to do as a writer! Like, it's it's unlocking a lot of things. Uh, It's really cool, though, man. This the whole circus aspect because this is something like most people don't don't really know about. Like, it's always a negative thing It's really just more about people trying to find their way in a society with. You know, it might be civil, but not a lot of the rules favor everybody. You know, exactly, yeah. Like taking medicine, like results may vary. Well, that's very much the way life is. You grow up, like, you know, like what I can describe as Wade from the from uh, Ready Player Two, where Klein uses him to describe what what um what Halliday kind of described life as like a giant RPG where you're yeah. given a character name and you don't get to choose where you start. And it's just kind of all random, you know, yeah. and You just kind of got to make the best of it to find your way and hope that life gives you lemons if you enough of them on your, on your way up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the aspects that I wanted to explore is like, how do you, how do you go from, from just joining a circus to where you're going to lead your life and, and with, with all these things hitting them from different sides, I mean, them being so young, they're gonna be romantically involved. And then, the, of course, having to figure out, you know, who they are and where they're going, it's just one of those drastic things. Yeah, so, doing the serial thing like this, you know, like you said, it was a cinema, cinema kind of
0: yeah, way Yeah, like to do it.
1: Man, I you know, I, I lost from from uh like uh like buffy the vampire slayer you know it had all those intertwining stories and you know some of some of my favorite books were those x-men back in the 90s and they had so many twists and turns
0: yeah and that like that's where easter I was like, master, like yeah. Claremont right now in the MCU for all the easter eggs they've dropped uh,
1: <laughs> And this is that, that was the stuff that I loved whenever I was reading the comic books and I, I, I kind of don't do back then and it's like right. that's what I want I want more of that and I know a lot of other people want more of that too so
0: this is Man, what I'm trying so, to do so, here So you got a whole separate pass on your script where like what can I drop in from like issue 4 Exactly. so i can go back and be like hey guys did you notice this because yes. uh, when i was when i was interviewing ryan dross for stealth hammer he he's very much inclined um as X x-men claremont fan too and he's one of his favorite things was he always left breadcrumbs and like the the first few that like hinted towards the end of the arc so when you got to the end, you were like mind blown like oh, oh my, my god i can't believe he knew that he was gonna do that and he did it like it was like right there like in front of your face the whole time and people are like so intertwined with the character build up that they oftentimes like most people like me sometimes I'll, I'll get into the flow of the reading if the flow's good i'll notice the character yeah. and i'll have to go back and i'll have to go look at the panels for all the, the background stuff because i'm just intertwined in the story right like right. even though it's a visual medium I'm still reading it like it's a book and I see the characters which helps you know me put the action together so I can run it in my you know brain theater as a cinematic visual it's running through my head like a movie and if I get really into the flow of it then I'll have to go back and that's when I notice things like that that's, that's really cool man I, I can't think of right
1: like that
0: yeah. right here.
1: I, you know whenever I started <laughs> writing down you know the, the overall issue of you know the subject on each issue. I wanted to make a huge arc for twelve, but you know I wanted to make that spider web where there's a from one and two, you know, but there's also an arc from one to like four. So it's like I want you, want you to uh, to feel that complex kind of story stuff. But at the same time, my main thing is you, you make a, a book where anybody can pick it up and not feel whenever they're in the middle of the, of the story, whether it's right. issue two, four, you know, six or eight. They're, they're going to be in that, that different story and feel comfortable jumping in and reading. If you're reading it from the beginning, you're going to notice so much more different stuff. Right.
0: right. It looks great, man. The, the colors are fabulous. Uh, yeah. Brian, pages like the tiger on here that kind of looks like uh, like a more ferocious version of the sick freedom war tiger. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I think it looks like a Siberian tiger with the black stripes. Right, it's really it's really cool, man. Who's your uh, who's your art team that's go around?
1: It's Brian and Dave, and, and they do the
0: the in, interior art.
1: Man, they they are so talented. It's just great working with them. And, of course, all those cover pages are, are beautiful, beautiful cover pages. And I got an assortment of our cover page artists. But they just hammered out those interiors and made them look just exquisite. I mean, jumping out off the page with those colors.
0: Right. Yeah. My uh, my favorite covers right now, and anybody can go to Kickstarter, you can uh you can type in uh, Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries that's B-O-O-S-H-I-E Boo everybody should know that if they text people Circus Mysteries you scroll down to the bottom of the page cover A and cover C those are my favorites right now the William Russell and the DJ Hall one especially that DJ Hall one man it's like um, I've Star Wars homage that yeah that's the, yeah. That was the original that was the original VHS box art
1: Right, yeah, off that poster, For, uh, yeah. Hope. Was it new?
0: Hope new or was it...
1: Yes, new the, Hope. the very first one, yeah. You know, I, I wanted to do a homage cover, and I was like, what can I do a homage cover of? And I, and I I looked around, and I I didn't see any 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 of that Star Wars first cover. I'm like, why wouldn't you start there? I mean, because that is like the big. So it's like,
0: let's do a homage Star Wars. That's awesome, man. I actually got a uh, an idea for a homage cover for um, Wilder coming up in January, uh, yeah. because the relationship of my character is so it's so it's so similar to the relationship between Bruce Banner and the Hulk.
1: Oh.
0: And I, think, I think it's uh, I think it's Incredible Hulk or The Incredible Hulk is like cover 183. Yeah, where it's got Hulk on the cover swallowing a tiny Bruce Banner. And right, man, I thought that man. I thought that was so like. So artistic, because you think about their original relationship when their consciousness were clashing in like that gamma yeah. setting that nobody could see. It was like you know, Hulk smash. Like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm a passive aggressive person, not a not a physical aggressive person. <laughs> that relationship, man. Was similar, man. So so, uh, kudos to the DJ Hall cover, man. That's that's yeah. awesome. I really like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and he dropped that, that art so well. It was. Cover they from- all look great. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dj was great. They yeah, great, they man. Man. Especially do. Especially that
0: Barnum and Bailey by Herman Parker. That's that's like a Barnum and Bailey type cover with the school yeah, uh, and- circus logo at the top.
1: Yeah, and he came on. on the covers, you know, he had came to me and approached me with this idea, and and originally I wasn't going to do any more covers, but he he talked to me about how he wanted to do it, and. So beautiful, whenever he brought the rush, it was like that, that Tim Burton kind of, that beauty of, of just the simplicity, the little, you can see it from the pictures, but the diamonds in the in the black, you know, the shading, the yeah. way he did it, it's so, I, I'm going to do a foil of that one, and I think it's going to look amazing. Oh, that's good.
0: Hot, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like it's a powerful cover because he's looking at it, but it's looking like the whole circus, and it's like he looks like he's about to conduct a symphony. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. They all look great. They all look great from the Matthew Brown one to the Ariel P.S. Like, I really like this abstract pencil. One. That one's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: that Ken one, with... to me. That reminds me of that uh, that movie that Tim Burton did uh, called Nine. With right. uh, the stolen dogs working their way yes. through that that madness and that darkness. That's a good movie. Yeah. And six. Kim's
1: a great artist. He he does these voodoo characters, and and whenever it had to have one on my cover, he he's so unique. Whenever it comes to the voodoo, it's it's just so gravitating to see because he, he does them for you know all different characters. And it, it, it reminds me of like, you know, Scotty Young kind of thing, you know, that unique style and, in its own way, a little bit different. So comfortable whenever you see it and so beautiful.
0: on this Kickstarter, bro. I can't believe I missed this Black Friday special. All spoiled. My God, man. Why didn't you send me a message? I was trying to call everybody. Yeah, that's all right. Man. That's all right. I jump. I, jumped. I just it. Uh I put awesome. in. I uh, put in on one of the the tears, man. Um, you're 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 ready to go, brother. You're su- second successful comic. Yes. And, um, yes. I'm I so, mean, I'm so, so, so I'm blessed. So proud for you, man. Like, thank you, awesome. and especially since uh, you know, I've been a part of your journey, grow as a writer. And I uh, got to see your network grow, and people approaching you. It's, it's really special, man. I I, I, I appreciate. I,
1: I appreciate you being there. You know, being able to call or talk to you anytime. It, it's it's been great. I mean, because I've been lost throughout this journey, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm like just struggling to make that next step because I have no clue where to go. But I've oh, been man. surrounded by so many people, like Kevin from Inc. He he is like held my hand through so much of it. And it, it's been
0: journey, brother. You know where you're going. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us uh, about how awesome it's been for this rock star kind of tour you've been going on at book signings around Texas, man. Oh you man! A local name for yourself. I bet you that's got to be so humbling as a first time creator. Now, now, yes. now, now you're cementing your career. Like, this is your life. Like. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's been so interesting. It's It's been so fast-paced and, and, like, all these people coming up to me. And one thing I, I never really expected was, you know, t- to have people really want my signature. I'm I'm just a simple guy. I really am trying to take care of my kids, and, and I'm really just gonna, to kind of, you know, make sure that I have. An income for them because I couldn't go back to that nine to five. But going from one place to another, meet all these amazing people. This past weekend I was at, at my first Comic-Con out in Abilene and I had so many people come up to me and talk about my books and like I said, want my signature. I'm like, wow.
0: My signature?
1: Yeah. <laughs> all <right. laughs> You're more- I, I, man, I, I just—it's just been so great, so fast, so like yeah. I want to
0: walk up to you and be like, I want your, like I want you to sign this, like I want to know who you are on my deathbed, like I want to pass sit down to my kid and be like, Paul Gomez is awesome. You go, you go look him up. He's the next big thing. Like, oh. That's <laughs> so, got to that's, that's be humbling, man. Like man, I, well, it, it is. We, it, later, they're crying and shit, but <laughs> you know, I had
1: I had this one customer. He he came and bought a book Saturday, and after about a couple hours, he came back. To my my, I want you to do a remark for me, and I was like, you know, I'm not an artist. I'm just a writer. I'm a kind of a, a simple guy that comes up with ideas. And he's like, oh, I don't care. You tell me how much it costs for you, you to do a remark on on your book. I'm gonna buy two more. You do a remark on one of them for me, whatever it costs, and I'm like, I can't charge you for that. <laughs> it's gonna be a little stick figure, <laughs> but, but you know, I sat there and I, I took a little time, tried to draw a little character for him, and and it was just so. I mean, the weight, I it, it
0: it really was amazing.
1: I that's, I couldn't believe it.
0: That's awesome, man. And um, you, you did pretty well at these book signings, then, huh?
1: yeah man I you know I I would because I've heard a lot of stories that that you know you're not gonna have anyone especially being brand new and I was like you know I'm gonna go out there and push my book and and show people and tell people what this story is especially the the story on PTSD you know, that's one that was really a passionate work of, of of mine that I wanted to get out there to bring out that conversation so even if there weren't going to be that I still wanted to go out there and it it's just been surprising and and it's been so great i, I appreciate everybody who's who stopped taking you know anyone who wants my signature I'm more than welcome anytime I will give you my signature or, or you know because i I appreciate every one of my customers I really do.
0: That's awesome, man. You can hear the sentiment in your voice; It's very genuine. Something that um, that I recently uh like found out about, like Kevin, um, just by listening to Mark Bernard on, on Black Man and Beyond, and, and fact, like always, always take 15, always make 15 seconds, you know, for someone who like knows you, wants you pictured, because you you, you know, regardless of what you're going through you make that person feel special, like, like right. they're worth your time. And you don't know what people are going through and that could have just like made their whole week or saved their life or, right. you know, especially if, especially if someone comes up to you, man, like PTSD, not just a, a, a killer title, like as far as like editors go and like companies out there, they probably never name that, that, but it, it would, it would intrigue no most, most normal people. Cause man there's ptsd going around like for all sorts of things we're not just talking about like soldiers coming home from war anymore we're talking about like economic ptsd family dynamic ptsd work ptsd you know and sometimes i feel like i'm going through that you know just right. like, just trying to do the 9 to 5 and still wanting to come home and write and sometimes i don't have energy for both or none of it and i just don't want to do it today a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, you know, make time for somebody and just like, wow, this this man gets it, he gets me, he gets it, he gets I. Like, you inspire that person and like, they'll come back like 10 years from now when you're sitting on a panel with like, you know, a bunch of us writers up coming or maybe like a panel with like a bunch of that everybody knows and they're like, hey man, you, you took 15 minutes out of your day. To or like yeah, fifteen 20 minutes out of your day, or even like five minutes out of your day to sign my book and let me know, you know, how much you appreciate my business, and you made me feel like a person and not just like a piece of a piece of meat with a coin purse, you know. Right. Like it was and like this is what I've been doing for fifteen years, and you started it all. And you feel like, man, that fifteen minutes was worth it then, man. I, congratulations, like that. Yeah. That shit's humbling, and I think PTSD, man, may not be the grit. In, in, in butter and biscuits right now, but I think in the years to come, when a lot of the mainstream comics are like starting to lose momentum because of all the adaptations that they're doing in, in large media, and they can crucify me for saying that if they want to, but as an outsider looking in, right, eventually, like all of this mainstream superhero, like dynamic, very formulaic kind of movies that are being adapted from comics are gonna. Are gonna fall short with the audience. They're gonna look for something real, something gritty, something genuine, like right on the gridiron of humanity. And they're gonna look to things like PTSD and be like, "There's some amazing content in here, and we need to and Like PTSD is gonna come out the woodworks, and it's gonna sell like a load of money. And if it does happen, you heard it here first. You get right. the crap out of this episode.
1: Uh, <laughs> Michael's yeah. a
0: storyteller, and he can predict the future. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah man i mean with ptsd i really did want to just have that that conversation opener you know i i had one of my customers that came back again this weekend he he had bought the book and he came back just to talk to me about his story and and he he appreciated the fact that that i wrote it because he he felt like it it could open him up a little bit whenever he started telling me his story man it was it was so amazing and and this guy was a vet, and he was thanking me, and 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 thank I tried to tell him, him. I was like, thank, don't thank me. thank, me. You, for your yeah, service, thank you for your service. I, I I'm just a simple guy. I wrote a book, I wrote a story, and and I'm just trying to feed my kids, kind of thing. I was like, out there and lived it, and you've dealt through all this hard stuff, and it's it's you. You're, these right. guys are our heroes. These guys are the ones that we should look up to and you know i i wanted to write different stuff and in my books and and i know everybody says that and it's hard to to figure out what's different and it's hard to figure out what to write and what not to write you know when to to Boo, i was like this was my original uh, script this was my first one and it was supposed to be you know my my audience builder it's supposed to That one that pops and kind of gets your attention kind of stuff and of course you know obviously i'm trying to make money for my family so i I wanted it to be something that was fun for people to buy but an amazing story that could teach you stuff you know and and whenever i got into ptsd that was supposed to be my second book and it was more of a work of passion kind of thing you know i never made it to to make waves or do anything other than bring out that that conversation that everybody needs
0: that's awesome man yeah it's true true words of a of a genuine artist right there you you got a really sublime way of writing though it's very intuitive you, and, and very empathic and it's very open and it, uh it it takes a crowbar uh more effort to do a ptsd right. uh on the door of what needs to happen I think, I think that's going to make Bushy Boo uh, Circus Mysteries, man, a really good read because you're so intuitive when it comes to that uh, isolation as far as emotions go and you're not afraid to crack open the door and find out what's in it like other people. Like, hey, we need to have a conversation about this. Like, right. And you did it in a very you know, discreet and respectful way without violating any of the uh, unknown commandments of, uh, of personal, you know, I'm sure there's someone out there hating on it Nothing right. I've heard. Uh, <laughs> nothing but love for PTSD, as far as I'm concerned. But you'll always have the haters. But aside from that, you'll always have the the really cool sacred people who are going to come up and tell you sacred things that they probably haven't even told their old family members, which is a feat to to feel accomplished all its own. Right. And you know, as comic creators, we don't get in this business for money. I mean, that's the last thing you should expect. Right? Like. That's a that's a damn question that needs to be answered in a comic book. It's like, why the hell would we do this? Like, we don't pay
1: that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the effort, man. Someone was right. asking me because someone was really asking me. You know, how much money am I making off PTSD? And I was like, you know, in about a few years, I might make a dollar or two,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> but
1: currently, I'm in the red for at least a year. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're we're putting this on comicology It'll it'll make passive income, like. You know, like it, a month of why were you thinking about getting a comic? you think about the money. <laughs> I think you're about to be a Zack Snyder, or you know, a Frank Miller. Like those guys are there for a reason, right? They were, or they did their chops, and God knows what they had to go through at the beginning to get to exactly. where they are now. Uh. Like how, um how uh, uh DC came up, and how Marvel came up. Like there's a lot of things that they did for free, <laughs> right? <As laughs> a lot of things to- that other people did for them for free
1: whenever so you have to have a comic or something like that, you got to understand that, that you got to pay your, your due diligence. you got to put in the effort and put in the time. People ask me how easy it was to do it, and I'm telling you, there were days and nights where I spent 24, 48 hours just working the script or pushing my promotion and trying, you know, a, a comic shop for a signing or Right. You know, finding an editor, which at first, whenever you don't know how to do these things, you got to do a lot of homework, and right. that's that's the one thing. On that. Yeah, I, one thing I tell every every new someone who wants to jump into business: do your homework. you know, every aspect before. Everything. I didn't even know how to write a script. I didn't know how to write one page, and whenever I found who told me was hey. you're wrong here's how you do it right go then come back to me and talk to me where you got that part done well and then we'll work on the next part and you know
0: man let me tell you I have I have invested fifteen hundred dollars or more in my comics writing career and editing, Sorry. I took, uh, took the uh, the writing class with Andy Schmidt and Paul Lohr on uh, Comics Experience. Anybody can do that. Uh, there's a plethora yeah. of classes on ComicsExperience.com. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and plug them for a minute because Paul Alore and Andy Schmidt are, are really big deals in the comic industry. They've yes. written a lot of things and they're really great people. Like really, really great people. Uh, I listened to all of you know the nuts and bolts of making comics podcasts by comics experience, all 238 episodes. Yes. I bought almost every freaking book you can imagine. Uh, Alan Moore's got a short, like 20 page book. Uh, the comics Schmidt wrote, the uh pictures. Panels, uh, the one that um Scott made all of those, man. That's we're talking like hundreds of dollars in books just to get where I am, plus the class, and and then you know, uh, building relationships or like taking other classes or you know, buying someone's sub stack to get a script here and there, right? Like, uh, like uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Kevin Smith's club, like 30 bucks a month, they send you like. You get to be a, a, a what's it a yoga hoser? <laughs> and, uh, they, they send you like four mini scripts uh, that Kevin took off the shelf, preprinted, signed, and they're all like full of notes and stuff. I was like, that's really cool because you know he's one of my favorite comic writers. He did a really awesome uh, one shot of Daredevil. I loved a lot. Daredevil, of. Yeah, that uh, that had Mysterio <laughs> and it Black Widow and like this this demon child I thought was a demon, and I, it's a wild story, man. I think he was, like, high when he wrote that. <laughs> and he'd probably tell me, like, Mike, you're right, I was. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> <Okay>. right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, it, it took it, it took a lot, a lot of effort. There are no easy easy aspects mm-hmm. of writing. I think the easiest thing you can do in writing comics, man, is coming up with the idea and putting it into a log line. And even that's going to be rewritten. Like, man, that's got to be hard. I mean, you
1: you got to learn, you know, storytelling <laughs> and, and how to – to sell it in a in a book whether it's 22 pages or 33 pages like book, 22 like ptsd and how do you figure all that out and you can't, can't just start writing and be like, like oh i'm gonna stop and 12. so <laughs> you, you have, have to have, have structure to it you um, have not. to know where your page turns on. you've got to know where your panel flow are gonna be in and this is a lot of the stuff that i weeks and months just studying because I you know, I've said it 100- <laughs> spend a hundred spending- of my products. I'm gonna make it worth every cent. Right. Strive to do do that home. Do the due diligence, you know, go out there, do signings at bookstores that don't talk to people about what you and it's it really is hard, but anyone can do it. If I can do it, anybody
0: can. Yeah, been, I mean, all, all you have to do is put in the work, man. You get the hours. Out. It was just like uh, last eight weeks, brother. I've been uh, I've been working out. I, I decided I didn't want to be 320 pounds no more. I was at a uh, weight 52. Um, eight weeks later, man, I did uh the Joe Lift Four on Beachbody.com, and That's I'm in a awesome. full I don't know how much weight I've lost because I decided not to work myself into that failure hole. Right. People weigh every week. I didn't want to discourage uh, myself by, by like because I'm weightlifting, so I'm not going to lose weight. I'm also going to gain weight while I'm losing. But, right. man, I, I've taken pictures lately, and I'm like, yeah. I yeah do, like, I'm looking here like, yeah, I fucking love me now. Like, this is awesome. I
1: was, I was along the same road a few years back, man. I was, my waist was like, a, I think, a eight. The belt that I had just bought because you know, and I think I was about three hundred and thirty pounds whenever I said no. Right. And man, you're trail. You're doing great. I I went from a forty-six inch waist. To, I think I'm at thirty-six.
0: Oh wow. So. I,
1: mean- well, I definitely That's understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Gee.
0: I just yeah, want I want I want my ass to look good in a pair of jeans like Triple H like I want I want to be a triple right? H in a pair of jeans. If I could just feel that way for once in my life before I get too old to fucking care about elasticity and shit. Like to have a picture where like dad what what happened? I was like I stopped giving a shit cuz I got old enough, but I hit that right. mark. You should I like- know
1: <laughs> you feel more and more energy and more confident.
0: Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 man. Absolutely. be I mean, listen, listen to my voice. Like I, I was, I was sounding pretty rough my last episode. Today I got rolled out of bed a little late, but I was just like, man, let's let's get to it. Like the world is my 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 oats. Let's get, let's make money. Yeah, honey. Uh, yeah it gives you like. And you're doing wild oats. Have wild oats? Honey- uh, Wildoni's going great, man. I got five and six in yesterday. Uh, we're coloring them right now. Um, That's awesome. Get lettered, getting ready. I'll send you. I'll send you. I won't send anybody else. But I'll send you. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you some pics to look at when we get off here. I'm. A, uh,
1: and man, you, you know, know I'm so here for the ride with you.
0: It's looking great. I, I feel really bad too. We had to we had to close books on it because it wasn't gonna make uh it wasn't gonna make the funding goal. But right. um at the same time I had a lot of big people come into it too. Uh, Blue Juice Comics actually bought bought into one of the tiers and I was like, Man, I wonder if they were shopping.
1: Yeah. That's I, awesome.
0: I, yeah, because you know, I think one of the books that came through Inc. got picked up by Blue Juice. Can't remember which one it was. I'll have to oh, over with Kevin. I wanted to say it was one of the, the Justin Gray books or one of the Outcast books, but I was uh, I was hoping. But it's looking really cool, man. It's uh, we're gonna get it colored. I'm gonna offer a black and a black and white version because of the feudal Japan feel, and I just think some people just would prefer a black and white version because Jod Noiris inks are just really good. <clears throat> and then um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do the colored version too. Um, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I can't really say much about like, like what is coming through because we're working some stuff on the back end, but it's, it's coming along real great, man. I'm uh, yeah, proud hitting of Jeff up yeah. for that variant cover. He's gonna finish up real soon, and um, it's almost 100% paid for. Like, like that's this is gonna be my strategy, right? Like, I'm gonna pay for this out of pocket, and then when I go to Kickstarter, right. I'm gonna use that money to continue the series, so I don't have to continue paying out of pocket. The last book, right. Is going to be you know for the for the creators and hopefully trying to get some more creators on board to do other variant covers and uh, and other pinups ups and stuff. No, uh, I can do a stick hand.
1: figure kind of cover for you.
0: <laughs> <The ball go laughs> That's about way. all I can do. <laughs> Bushy boot sticks and more. <laughs> hey man, Damn, I take man. it. I bet you somebody out there would appreciate it. But um, <laughs> why we might do a blank cover. I don't know yet. Um, I, I'm I don't. I don't know. I've never been. I've, I I might. I might. There might be people interested in it. I could. I really could. I just. I. You know. I didn't even find out what blank covers were until like. Um, we're in what? Like the beginning of October, right before. You no, know, beginning of September, right before we left to come up here to Missouri. Um, yeah. I was in the comic. Book. I was like. Um, I kept seeing these like blank covers of Power Rangers,
1: and I was like, I hey, thought man. they were. What, uh, I thought they were
0: special what the edition. <laughs> oh, yeah, like what, what is this? It's like uh, it's like um, it's like a collector stuff or like what right. do I do with this cover with all this great art inside? He's like, well, the next time you go to a comic con and you see a favorite arm, it's like uh, like you can get them to draw some stuff on it. I'm like, that's actually a really cool idea. But why would I want Spawn fighting the Red Ranger on the cover of my Power Rangers? He's like, did you just? your own question i was like you know what i, I think i did That has I think really you did. <laughs> yeah because like you could be the only person in the world who owns spawn the wild west uh slinger shooter fighting the red ranger and like the 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 gold ranger has got the gold ranger right. vest on right. and um yeah you could be the only person that owns that i'm like yo, know, i hate marketing times but that's a really good uh marketing idea i'm, I'm glad somebody yeah, it definitely that. man i'm telling <laughs> you i'm gonna
1: get a blank of bushy boo and i'm gonna get an artist to to draw my face with the big red nose on the cover <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do
0: <laughs> but uh yeah man it's going great i appreciate you asking i i um, yeah. i haven't really talked about it much since uh since we had to close shop on it but it's it's still very much alive uh, i'm gonna be emailing everybody who backed it soon uh, to let them know that it 's coming back in january, we don 't know what the date is on it mid january late january we 're not really sure but uh, it's it's it 's exciting like you said this will be my first book so but but it 's been a journey bro a lot of trying to figure it out and how to communicate with your artists' uh, has been a main yeah. and then of yeah. course like and uh pretty much producing it and then uh getting people on board and kind of time managing is really important and then like right now i'm in the process of outlining the next three issues so that i can go ahead and start writing those so they're way ahead of schedule uh, right. which is a big thing because if you're going to write a comic you got to outline your entire arc first and then you start writing it so you can go okay. ahead and drop things in when you want to like, if you're going to be that claremont type of writer you have to outline it like
1: if you right. want to draw yeah. these
0: tricks you got to know what that yeah. shit's going to be for you can't just be like 15 years later, someone on the panel will be like, yeah, so there's this, like, big red hammer that kind of reminds me of Harvey <laughs> hammer and Batman 152. Why is that there? Because we saw that in issue 7, and we just kind of don't know why. And you're just like, really? I put that in there? Right. Like, that's yes. not an answer nobody wants to hear in a panel. I, <laughs> I, I want some Claremont uh, shit.
1: Uh, All types kind of issues, and right? then the page. I kind of just started putting notes in, you know. I, add this into this issue so they can find it. I want to add this into that issue. But yeah, man, I, I definitely understand it. That outlining and taking notes and stuff, that's really important.
0: Oh yeah, and um so this is gonna be a mini series like one through four and it's 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 about to get really emotional because this is a vengeance story, right? And right. and I'm not pulling punches on this. Like I'm going full on feudal Japan John yeah, Wick man. style. So yes. it's gonna get horrific. It's gonna get nasty it's going to get really emotional because there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff going on. So originally this was supposed to be like a, a six-pager and then I turned it into a 23-pager and I'm going to make it 24 by doing one page like a one-page look into the next issue kind of thing cuz I've right. always been a fan of it. like give them yeah. more at the end so they're like oh I got to know what happens.
1: So yes. awesome, we're gonna-
0: yeah, definitely. So um, I'm be looking for ad ad page in there. So if you got a nice little 12, 12 issue art going, you know, you hit me up later after the show. We, we talk about ads because I'm I'm looking yeah. to push creators too. I don't not like Marvel style, but like I, I want to help. Like I also want to give back to the independent like comic scene. Right. So I want to like push independent comics inside my comics to keep people like going back to independent comics. Nothing against mainstream comics, but they have the marketing yeah you know, money to like, push that out there like independent comics people we don't have that we like barely have enough to pay everybody that wants to do our stuff <laughs> like we're said, fighting you're, an uphill battle the yeah. for the first issue of ptsd yeah and so you have yeah, to man. keep going to, to pay those people off because if they don't then kind of like ruin your cred and nobody wants to work with you anymore like yeah don't, don't go work with that guy does just pay anybody like <laughs>
1: yeah exactly i mean i got lucky in in my situation where i could pay pay my artists for these first two issues you know and now i'm, I'm starting to pay my 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 next comic which is going to be mindbender coming out in february oh, wow. and, you know but having to pay those those artists cuz you know they they can't for free no and you know <laughs> I, I, so it's like having to pay them and having to get those stories out Yourself pay. It's just right. that you have to struggle with us independents. It's an uphill battle. In DC, guys, they already have a place on that, and you right. know, trying to get into the stores. I, I was blessed to be in DFW, where that we have 28 around this Metroplex, and I am so grateful because 26 of them actually are carrying PTSD right now.
0: Oh, that's fabulous, bro. That's like that's like 26 opportunities every day times 30 times 12 months. Right. So man, you even hit a hundred issues a year. You're still making pretty good on that one book. And then yeah. you got three more coming behind it. Right. You're right. Like, and then hey, man, you're gonna build your brand, build it local first and then branch out. Cause then you know yeah. everybody knows who you are locally. They're gonna be like, who's that guy? That's Paul Gomez. <laughs> He's the Texas <laughs> legend of comic books. Master. <laughs> you ever heard of Paul Gomez? <laughs> yeah,
1: one day, one day.
0: <laughs> you just send them to me. I'll I'll say it just like that. I'm like you haven't heard. All right. Like man, I'll be my marketing manager. I'll be your hype guy. It's, I don't I don't know about marketing. <laughs> you can hire Kevin for that. Kevin, he's, he's yeah. He's got more than marketing. Yeah, he's been a television. <laughs> and commercials like I've, I've made one but it was for school
1: right <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious and i did the
0: whole book and voiceover but i don't think i can use that on the copyright side <laughs> <laughs> oh man no, it's, it's been a time man um i'm gonna go ahead and do a, a read speaking of independent books guys uh, my last guest was j.s earl's pistol fist freedom fighter it's a, it's a 96 page graphic novel man it's it's an it's awesome that. book uh, yes. i got a little sneak peek here but i even bought into the campaign because you the both. Was, yeah was, awesome. Was, awesome awesome was, book awesome so many add-ons so many great people uh on this project js earls he's a humble guy he adapted meg did a lot of things like the george george r. r martin graphic novel uh i think it was like an autobiography he's done a lot of things he's done games for nat geo really cool guy Go yeah. check out my last episode, which is an extended uncut version. It's about two and a half hours long. It's the longest show I've ever done, but it was such great conversation. It just kept rolling. Um, but, man, Pistol Fist, Freedom Fighter. Come see all the new covers, Stretch Goals, Swag, and more. 100% complete, 98 page, 96-page epic played out on historical backdrops like the Boston Massacre, the Battle of Lexington, and Concord, and the Fort Ticonderoga. Tur- I've I told you a lot. <laughs> yeah, Conder, I got I can't I can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Fort T. <laughs> We're just gonna call it Fort T. There you go. historical characters like the heroic one-away slave, Crispus, uh Atux, and the brilliant Benjamin Franklin. Um, it's a really awesome character, man. Like I might even buy the mask and I'm thinking about doing like a fan short film because it's such a such a cool character to do. And it's like a, a black uh, Native American character, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah, um, and paying homage to our brothers and sisters of color, and um, they get left out of the limelight and, and creative stuff. And I was like, man, I love J.S. Earls because he's a white guy that did content not in his own skin, and you can do it. You can. There's so yeah. out there who believe that you know you can only do stuff, and you know a black guy can only write a black piece. I mean, that's kind of true, but um, we all have. So we can kind of feel what you're feeling and that's that that's actually good enough for a lot of people. So and then that part he is a great, great guy, guy, man. Like, yeah. he loves supporting these types of things. And it's I love historical fiction and for them to have a, a character and that type of, you know, going back to my days playing AC three, you know, running running through, you know,
1: the American,
0: the American Revolution with Connor right. from the Assassin's Creed universe, and like meeting Benjamin Franklin and doing crazy crap out in the wild, and keeping up with your homestead is it's a really great time to be an American back then. And it's all about freedom. Which, hey man, I'm I'm all game for freedom. It it allows us independent creators, and so who who doesn't love that?
1: Yeah. Whenever I, think, whenever I was reading his book, I don't mean to change subject, but whenever okay. I was reading his book, it reminded me of that TV show, Turn. Oh, I don't know. You I that? Love that show. Yeah, and so oh, whenever, whenever I picked up, you know, his story, it was, it was so, so, it just grabbed me. Yeah, it grabbed my attention. Probably dropped me. Fist, in.
0: Show, like right in yeah. the middle of it. Like boom, pistol fist is here. And so there. like, turn that, turn.
1: If you like the show turn, if you like those those historical pieces, this book's definitely for you. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And for a period piece, man, Pistol Fist is great. Um, I mean it's already funded. It ends on the nineteenth this month, comes out. They've even got an anthology where he's taking in a lot of readers and they've done a prose and it's it's cool, man, to see all that coming coming to life. And this is this is a book that started he started back in like oh seven, oh eight.
1: Right, right.
0: So I mean that just you know for all you comic makers or ambitious comic makers out there wanting to start a career don't count on selling your your first thing right away because i mean this this stuff takes time it does i mean it sounds like bushy boo is gonna be your baby for the next couple years right i mean fingers crossed lots of funding issue like maybe three or four right
1: right yeah yeah man i got a lot of stuff on the horizon
0: take me all the way up till at least the beginning of 2023 like right it has to like um we're looking at like I think the per, the financial projections like thirty six hundred dollars just for the first book, right? Right, that's where I
1: was probably around with PTSD. Yeah, yeah man, and I got a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah, on the like horizon.
0: To. I got I got
1: Mindbender coming out. Mindbender, I'm I'm gonna start a another ongoing series called Prelude to Aurora. But man, it's good, interesting ride just to get these two.
0: I've heard about that. We'll have to talk about that in chat later, man. I'm I'm always interested in knowing what, what people are going going to do next. And I know you can't talk about it too too much because you want it to sell. Right. But, <laughs> but man, yeah. I, I appreciate you waking up out of a dead sleep to to come on <laughs> the show. and talk about <laughs> mystery, mystery Circus. Thank ones. you for
1: having me. Yeah.
0: Oh, no problem, man. It's always been a pleasure. Um, again, I guess we'll be we'll be we'll be chopping it up in February when uh when Mindbender comes out. I can't wait to to hear about that awesome story. It sounds yeah. a lot like uh, Keanu Reeves's movies and the Matrix and Red Pill Blue Pill type stuff. Stuff that I'm really super interested in, yeah. consciousness of the next kind.
1: It definitely is a twist of <laughs> of different. Uh,
0: that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate everybody who came back to listen to the show today. If you heard any background noise, that was my little barefooted demon in the back there of <laughs> four years old running amok because I didn't have a sitter because my wife's, you know, busy helping the crisis pandemic that we're currently doing. Totally objectified. Proud of her awesome. home now staring at me in the face. Live on the show, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, he loves to play with toys and I did the show. So everybody thank Polly for being an awesome guest he talked a lot in the background <laughs> because we don't speak, you know, bird. So <laughs> but uh thanks man again for coming to the show. And if you're a creator or an ambitious creator out there, follow our show at comicsandpoptars.com. Thanks to all the cool cats at Ink Marketing and thanks to the NSC Roadshow for having us on tour. I know you're not a part of that this go around, but I know you're coming back to the family. So, uh, thank you. Thank you listeners. Keep on creating, guys. Don't wait for today, don't wait for tomorrow. Do it right now. Comics and Pop Charts everybody. I'm limitless Mike. Y'all have a wonderful night. Thanks, man. Have a great one.